Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and I just decided to do this because Alana's busy and the kid's not in town, so my evening is free, and what better thing to do when your evening is free than jump onto a live feed that no one's going to watch and talk about the Berenstain Bears! Uh, and also, this is a special book because I have absolutely no feelings about it, and it is incredibly easy, was incredibly easy to to just sort of jump into because I have no big feelings about it, and there's not a whole lot to the book. Actually, I'm going to amend that. There is actually a whole lot to the book. There could be a whole lot to the book. This could be a massive undertaking if I wanted it to be, but I'm choosing for it not to be. I'm choosing to make this an easy episode. This could very well have been a two and a half hour long episode. And you're going to find out why in one second, as soon as I introduce what the book is. Because this week's book, it's basically a Mike, it's a Mike wanted to draw a bunch of cool things book, which I have, I have nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I have no prejudice against that. That Mike is allowed to draw and do whatever he wants. He is a holy being. We love him. Uh, but unfortunately, it also means that there's not a whole lot of plot in this book. Uh, what is this book? Well, it's a book that's going to take us to unexplored regions of bear world. Uh, it's going to take us not up, but down. Down where? Down, 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 down. Down, 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 down to the bottom of the sea. That's right. Just like in the song, Down to the Bottom of the Sea by They Might Be Giants. We're going down to the bottom of the sea with this week's book. It is The Berenstain Bears Under the Sea from 2016 by Mike Berenstain. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Phil, why didn't you reference the song Under the Sea? The song that actually shares a title with what we're talking about with what we're talking about right here and for that i'm going to say too obvious too obvious and i'm trying to stay on my a game for you guys uh i don't want to i'm not going to jump i'm i am sure there's people who would take a look at this book and just start singing the sebastian song the sebastian the crab song but i'm not i'm not that person i got that all out of my system in the late 80s uh, when I was actually obsessed with the song Under the Sea. You, uh, I, you probably isn't very hard for you to believe that, but there was a period of time when it wasn't The Little Mermaid. Uh, it was the song Under the Sea. For some reason, that song stuck with me far longer than the movie did, to a degree that I once... It's Phil confession time. Would you like a Phil confession? Because I got a few. Here's my Phil confession. Phil confession says... I once choreographed a dance to the song Under the Sea. Now, that's a little bit of a lie because I'm not a dancer, so it could hardly have been called dancing. Also, I didn't so much choreograph it as I came up with a rough skeleton of an idea of a dance. And then I did it. I performed it live in front of people for a grade, not for a dance class, though. It was a completely... It was a final it required me it was a project that re did require me to move to music it was a movement-based project that part of the project and i thought to myself what is what better way to showcase my talents than to choreograph 
a dance, choreography being something I had never experienced before, dancing being something I could not do, to a song that nobody liked but me. Uh, not even, not only the song, a uh, a a remix of the song. Uh, I was in high school, by the way. This was not something a child did. This was something a a teen a teen human did humiliated myself in front of my class and then wondered why I didn't get a good grade on the project. The reason being not a choreographer, not a dancer, terrible song choice. And, uh, and didn't, didn't really choreograph it. Uh, just came up with a rough idea. Thought I'll I'll sell it on the, I'll sell it the day of, I'll figure it out. I'll feel it, figure it out in the moment. Hopped up there and didn't, didn't, see my project through the ad didn't didn't realize my vision however that was also my approach to my recent one-man show and that thing went over like gangbusters so funny the things we learn anyway the berenstain bears under the sea da -da 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 -da. okay and then eventually i did do a cover that my band in college we did do a cover of under the sea that is a thing that happened uh uh, so what is this book? What is this book? I'm waffling a little bit because honestly, I'm not because I'm choosing to make this an easygoing episode and not like a research episode. I, I kind of shot myself in the old foot here. So uh, down in a submarine, we'll go under the sea, way down below where fishes swim and porpoises play. Now off we go. We're underway down to the bottom of the sea. Uh, I'm also going to hold off on making too many jokes about uh, people taking children into a ramshackle submersible uh, into the depths of the ocean because it's a little too close to home. Home being reality and reality being not very funny. Uh, so what happens in this book? Well, we are at the Bear Country Aquarium, uh, and we see seals, and we see dolphins, and we see octopuses and jellyfish. We see otters, I think, I think that's otters slipping and sliding down the slide. Penguin, yes, otters. Otters and penguins dive and play. Do otters and penguins, do they exist in the same water? Like, can you put otters and penguins in the same Habitat? I'm not sure. Zoologists out there, please let me know. Also, are you irritated that I keep saying penguins? That's question number two. Uh, but can otters and penguins coexist? Aren't they natural enemies? I have no idea. Uh, but we're at the Bear Country Aquarium. Never been here before, I don't think. I don't think. This is a new place. Uh, we see that nerd that Sister Bear sometimes hangs out with. Susie, maybe her name is. Uh, sitting in the stands watching the seal and dolphin show, which, again, I don't think those things perform at the same time. Uh, being fed fish by a bear in a wetsuit. And is this our first appearance of a bear in a wetsuit? Maybe. I hope so. I hope not. Uh, giant jellyfish, giant fish fish, giant octopuses. And A, wonderful use of octopuses, Mike. We understand that is the correct grammar and b we we know what we're in for now we looking at this spread you know what you're in for this is a mike berenstain presents i want to draw some animals 
featuring the Berenstain Bears. This is not a Mike Berenstain has been clawing his eyes out trying to tell a fish story. No, this is, he wanted to draw some fish and was like, I'm going to do a rough, there's going to be a rough framework and I'm just going to dive in with both feet. No pun intended. Intentional, however, reference back to my dance performance of Under the Sea. It was kind of a modern dance if I had to put a label on it. Uh, I kind of threw myself around the room a lot, like thinking like anyone can do this. I got this all figured out. This is in the bag. Didn't work. I had a crush on a girl in that class. But after the dance, I was like, I just may as well abandon this. I may as well even abandon the fantasy. It would be like if you dreamed about going to the moon your whole life, and then one day you accidentally destroyed the moon. And you're like, ah, that dream is done. It's dead. Uh, So they go inside the aquarium, and there's Dr. Bear. Wait a minute. It's not Dr. Bear, because we are in maybe real continuity. This book gets weird again. So we just did a book where the bears traveled the world with Dr. Bear, who is actual factual, just in appearance only. Well, also, it's actual factual, but it's like the alternate universe actual factual. Don't have to worry about it. Don't have to explain myself again. This is actually actual factual. The actual, actual, factual, factual. Uh, dressed in his little cap and his thing. Uh, but he's like, ah, I trust you're enjoying your visit with all our friends from under the sea. Uh, and the family's like, yeah, oh, yeah, by the way, the bear family is at the aquarium. Uh, are you cubs learning all about marine biology? And Sister Bear says, marine whoology, which you're smarter than that, Sister. Marine biology, the professor laughed. That just means the study of things that live in the sea. And sister's like, you know what? It's pretty cool seeing all these fish. I'm going to take these headphones out of my ears, by the way. Uh, I didn't mean to leave them in my ears. If you're just listening to this at home, I just took my earbuds out of my ears. They're making it sound like I have a cold more than I usually do. Uh, but sister's like, we love seeing all the fish, but you know what would be really awesome? If we could go under the water and look at the fish face to face. Mono e mono. And actual factual's like, you can. We can go see them in that natural habitat. To which brother responds... <laughs> to which brother responds... Their natural have a what? Not even what a tat, but like have a what? Have a what? Their natural who's a what? Their natural da 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 da. Like brothers, you're smarter than that. Like brother bear is a very intelligent young bear. He knows what the word habitat means. They literally saved an animal's habitat in the Berenstain Bears in the Battle of Showdown at Chainsaw Gap. Like they they know what a habitat is. It's where they live, says the professor. Like he know, like he's like, come here, just come on. This is my deep dive of submarine. Now we know that actual factual has all kinds of crazy contraptions that he he takes, but this thing is amazing. He's got this submarine that looks absolutely like it should not function it looks like it is in no way watertight it looks like it is in absolutely no way ocean ready certainly not 
deep ocean ready. Like this is a this is a machine, this is a device, this is a vehicle, presumably that cr- living creatures are going to go down in. And yet it it is. I mean, I would not be surprised if the windows on this thing were just glass. Like it's there's. I can't even describe. It's kind of shaped like a dolphin, except it's very round in the middle, with like a a peaked top where the pilot presumably sits. Uh, there's a wooden ladder leading down into it. Uh, two sofas on the inside, and then the but the sides are flat, seemingly flat sides, and entirely glass or windows. Uh, but they're not. They don't, they're not like bubbles. They're just, they're just flat windows. Like this thing's going to get like a hundred feet below the water and just implode. It's just going to, it's it's not even going to violently implode because it won't be deep enough. Like this thing could probably not withstand the pressure of some very sick children pushing on the sides. But climb aboard, says the professor. So they're underway. And now we get into the point of the book, which is just Mike's going to draw some animals. We see some seagulls, terns, cormorants, dolphins, flying fish, pelicans, ospreys, more bizarrely named sea life than you would find in your average Decemberists song. Uh, and he's just pointing them out. Look, there's something jumping. Now, I uh, now this is my favorite part of the book. We see flying fish gliding out of the water. And we see dolphins jumping out of the water and so professors like they use their fins to glide away from danger and papa said oh oh, there's danger and and professor says yeah it's a pod of dolphins but we actually see down in the down down in the bottom of the page we actually see a dolphin catching a flying fish like in its mouth and the flying fish has this look on its face like this is how it happens this is what happens this is how it works kids nature's red in tooth and claw see ya so we actually see an animal die. I think this might be the first time we have seen an animal. Oh, and if you look up, up, you see the pelican has caught fish and the osprey has caught a fish. The pelican has a mouthful of fish, one of which is clearly wiggling by the wiggle lines. Meaning this is maybe the first Berenstain Bears book in which we have seen animals transitioning into death. Like on their way to the afterlife. Like giving up the like giving up the ghost as it were this is our first time being aware that we are watching an animal in the process of dying so you know interesting book also it's mike drawings i just mike has this way of drawing the animals they don't look quite realistic also i'm looking at the submarine and i am understanding it less and less so the top of the submarine actual factuals in a seat in the little peaked top of the submarine but the lid is open and actual factuals chair has been lifted up and out of the submarine now if you look down below the chair the 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 submarine is almost entirely see-through now the chair does not the mechanism the chair is raised on does not seem to go extend into the submarine so i don't actually know how he got into this unless he climbed down the top but then the lid that that he's lifted up doesn't look like it seals in any way like it just has a hook i don't know this thing there is absolutely no way this thing can survive also it has like some kind of legs i don't know if it's supposed to perch like is this like a retrofitted like helicopter it kind of looks like it used to be a helicopter in any case now they're going down below. So they just saw the animals that are closer to the surface. And we see sailfish. And we see barracuda and herring. We see marlin and hammerhead shark. We see jellyfish, bluefin, tuna, great white sharks, and sardines. Sardines. Sardines here, sardines there. 
Oh, sardines. We see sardines. And the plankton are good food for schools of fish and for jellyfish. And it looks like the bluefin tuna is going to eat a herring. And the great white shark is going to eat the bluefin tuna. And they're all afraid of the jellyfish because, as Obi-Wan Kenobi said in a great movie, I sure am afraid of big fish. Again, these illustrations are gorgeous. It's clear that Mike just wanted to draw some fish. Some, and he wanted to really draw that barracuda because that barracuda he drew... It's a bad boy. Now, the reason I'm, I said up top, the reason I said up top that this could have been a book that I spent two and a half hours on is I could have gone into a, I could have gone deep into the layers of the ocean, like where they are in the ocean. I could have talked about the history of the discovery of the hammerhead shark, how it was something of a cryptid for a while, as well as the sail fish and the, mar any bizarre looking fish was legendary for a bit of a time. I could talk about how tuna are actually humongous fish, even though we're just used to seeing them in cans. I could talk about what a barracuda is. Ooh, barracuda. Or how the great white shark is, is unnecessarily vilified in popular culture. I could talk about all that. I could talk about jellyfish versus man -o war I could talk about things that sting and things that stink. But I'm not going to. Because I didn't want to put in the work. Now, they go a little bit deeper. And they see some of the largest sea creatures that also eat plankton. We see a manta ray. We see a whale shark. And we see a blue whale and its calf. with the, it's, it's the baby. And I'm going to give Mike total props and the ultimate kudos for the way he drew, the way he drew a blue whale blowhole properly. Now we used to think we usually think of blowholes as what a dolphin has, like the sort of the hole, just a hole. A blue whale blowhole is a different thing entirely. Looks more like a, a nose on top. If you had a nose on top, that's what it would look like. Cause I hate to break it to you. It's kind of what they are. It's kind of what they are. A blowhole is just a nose on top. Hate to break it to you. So now we get into the coral reef. So like along the coast, we come to the coral reef. And Actual Factual fills us in on all the ins and outs of what a coral reef is. It's built by tiny creatures. It's rich in life. All who live here have ways to protect themselves. The anemone looks like a flower, but it's really an animal with stingers in its arms. The stingers don't hurt the clownfish, which hides in the anemone for safety. A pufferfish blows itself up like a balloon to keep from being eaten. Stingrays have poisonous stingers in their tails. The octopus squirts a cloud of ink and changes colors to confuse its enemies. In two pages, we've learned more about a coral reef than we learned about any the entire world in the Berenstain Bears around the world. He spends more... I know more about a sea anemone than I do about the French because of this book. Also, we get a larger, a wider variety of population than we did in, say, Africa, South America... Places that may as well be unpopulated in around the world are, if they had been given this treatment, why well, we could have done a whole page of different nations in Africa, maybe different uh, backgrounds of people, ethnic groups, maybe different languages spoken in Africa. Nope, but we sure do know what a puffer fish does to keep from being eaten. And we see some great drawings. We see, uh, I think we see that, remember the Blue Lagoon? When Brooke Shields stepped on a, a thing, 
and it was poisonous and she almost died. I think that's what we see here. Isn't that like what, what she stepped on one of these things, like a lionfish or something or a sea anemone, something. And it, I, I haven't seen the blue. I watched the blue lagoon when I was a little kid, uh, like a little kid, like a wee one. Uh, at my grandparents' house, which is weird. Now that I think about it, watching the Blue Lagoon with my grandparents and my aunts when I was a tiny, tiny child was a weird experience. I also thought it was a scary movie because of the things she stepped on. Uh, now I think it's a scary movie because of Brooke Shields' age. So after the coral reef, we get the best picture ever drawn by Mike Berenstain. Oh, and I was going to say, a couple of pages back, we saw the manta ray. Uh, this is not the first time Mike has drawn a manta ray. Uh, we saw a manta ray leaping up out of the water in one of the chapter books. And I remember spending a lot of time talking about that at the time. Being like, wow, that's a pretty cool manta ray. The man loves his manta rays. So the awesome picture Mike draws is a sperm whale and a giant squid engaged in furious combat. Uh, it gets dark down here because we're exploring the deeper waters now. Uh, we'll switch on our lights because not too many creatures live at this depth. But those that do can be very big, such as the giant squid. The favorite food of another giant, the sperm whale, which dives down to battle its prey. And the kids are respectfully amazed. What's amazing about this book is all they did in Around the World was complain about where they were or any of the opportunities afforded them by traveling the world. Uh, you go down under the water and they are captivated. Also, they are somehow hitting like every single like animal environment down. I, there's just there's just if there's an animal in the water, they're going to see it. One of the things I could have researched but didn't want to because I'm lazy is would all these animals exist even in the same region of the planet? That's That was one of my questions. I was like, we see a lot of fish down here, but is does it make any sense? Like, I know they wouldn't actually all be together at once, but does it even make any sense that they would be like around each other? I don't know. Uh, like even within the same, like a mile, like a several miles of each other. I don't know. Didn't do the research. Don't care to. I do know that the giant squid is one of those animals that like people thought was another made up animal for a long time. They thought it was just exaggerations by sailors. And then they actually caught it on video and people were like, oh, guess. I mean, the giant squids had washed up dead before. But like when they finally caught one on video, that was a huge deal. Remember that? Like, oh, boy, that's a that's a big. I know that giant squids don't have their eyes don't work the way Mike drew them. And I don't think giant squids can furrow their brows like the one Mike drew. But, you know, I do know that sperm whales can be pretty vicious. I read that at the heart of the sea down in the heart of the sea book about the sperm whale that destroyed that ship and then the people ate each other. In any case, uh, they go even deeper. Now, this is an awesome. Now, when you're a kid and you look through books on nature, you always get to the page finally that has the 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 angler fish and you're amazed and i'm gonna admit a little terrified at how horrifying anglerfish look now mike's done a pretty good job at drawing the anglerfish and making it look appropriately terrifying but he's gone he's gone the 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 extra mile and he's drawn a viper fish which is another absolutely horrifying looking creature he's drawn 
the gulper eel, which I looked up because I was like, this thing looks like a Muppet. What does it actually look like? Doesn't look like a Muppet, but it does look like an animal that one of your kids would have drawn. Whoops. Uh, trying to draw an animal and you would have been like, nice try, kid. But in real life, that's what the animals look like. They look made up. They look poorly designed. Mike's gulper eel actually looks like a more viable animal than an actual gulper eel. An actual gulper eel looks like it could not possibly exist. Mike's gulper eel is a little too sturdy, but he also gave it eyes and angry eyebrows. Uh, but he also... He drew the vampire squid, which, good on you, mate. The, we love the vampire squid. It's a gnarly-looking animal. He did a good job. I do take exception, however, with Mike's representation of the blobfish. For although he didn't go full internet meme and draw the blobfish, the Ted Cruz blobfish that we all know and love, blobfish don't look like blobfish down at the bottom of the sea. The, the blob, blobfish only look like blobfish because they are taken to the surface and they basically explode. Or implode? No, they explode uh, because they're pressurized for deep water. Blobfish look like blobs because they have ruptured. Uh, in their own environment, they just they look more like regular fish. Mike's drawn something like halfway between like what a blobfish actually looks like and then what we think a blobfish looks like. Anytime you see the hilarious blobfish, just remember that that's an animal that has ruptured from the inside and is dead. Died horribly. Died like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the nightmares he has in Total Recall. That's what happened to the blobfish. That's why it looks that way. You wouldn't look so good, too, if you exploded from the inside or imploded from the outside in your deep-sea submersible. There. That's, that's the only joke I'm making. And then we get even further down. Now we're down near the vents. You know the vents? Like, if you get really, really far down where things aren't supposed to be able to exist, but because there's, like, deep-sea thermal vents that pour out heat and also, like, weird minerals, animals have adapted to survive down there. And so we see tube worms, which... When I was a kid, I would see tube worms in videos. And am I the only one? I thought they looked pretty tasty. And I don't know why, except that maybe it's because... They kind of look like imitation crab meat in all the videos, and I love imitation crab meat. Let me know if you've ever eaten a deep-sea tube worm. What do they taste like? Are they good? Uh, we see the bristle worm, which is horrifying. We see the acorn worm, which I saw some pictures of, and I actually think I found the reference picture Mike used for this acorn worm. They're not beautiful purple like Mike drew them, but you can't. they are see-through. With these weird little front ends. And they are gross and strange. And what I love about deep sea creatures. Is that they don't care what they look like. Like nobody cares. Like as far as they're concerned. No one's ever going to see them. So their appearance. More than any other animal in the world. Their appearance doesn't mean anything. They're almost entirely functional. And yet. They're wild looking. Uh, we also see uh, Japanese spider crab. And a giant isopod. Now, I wasn't aware that the Japanese spider crabs and the giant isopods were this deep sea of animals. Because I know that giant isopods can be on the land. Like, I've seen people holding them and they're still alive. So, I don't know how that works. All I know is that giant isopods, any good? Taste good? I know that spider crabs are supposed to be good, right? 
Like they have those incredibly long arms, but they're supposed to like be edible. Are giant isopods tasty? Like they either taste like amazing lobster or they taste like you're eating a pill bug. I don't know which. Which is it? Uh, let me know in the comments. How does a giant isopod taste? Do you just roast them and just eat them right out of the shell? Let me know. Uh, and then they are set upon by all the wildlife. Now there's a final image where professor's like, time to go to the surf and say goodbye to our friends. And it says, as he steered the submarine upward, the bear family peered out the submarine's ports and waved goodbye to all the strange, interesting, and beautiful creatures of the sea they had seen. I keep hearing noises in my room. What am I hearing? Am I going crazy? Nothing. Oh. Okay. There's a... I've been hearing, like, weird sounds coming from my, uh... Coming from, like, my right. Like, every once in a while, I'll hear, like, something weird, but I'm like, ah, it must be nothing. I don't know what that is. I must have accidentally... I must have accidentally started playing The Exorcist on a video on my computer. What I've been hearing is, at times, the more exciting parts of The Exorcist playing through my headphones, which are on the floor because I was using my earbuds, but then I took the earbuds out, so the computer must have gone back to my headphones, and then The Exorcist started playing. I don't know how The Exorcist started playing. Because I certainly wasn't hearing it on my headphones. But I just poked around and noticed that it's playing on in a window. Uh, it could have been worse. I could have been accidentally broadcasting The Exorcist this entire time. Which, I mean, maybe more entertaining for you. But uh, not, not what I set out to do today. So, the Bear family is heading back to the service. And it says like they're all waving goodbye to all their little friends. But if you look at the picture... The the animals look like they're about... And the way the bear family looks, too. Looks like they're about to just attack the bear family. Uh, the bear family, they're all huddled together. They're smiling and waving, but... It looks like they're about to be set up... Like, they barely escaped with their lives. Uh, this this sawfish and the hammerhead shark. Uh, yeah, it doesn't help that Mike really emphasizes the horrific nature. of it. Some of these look like the... The goblins from the Rankin and Bass Hobbit movies. Like, it, they look that, like, off-putting off and unsettling. Also, we see the sawfish from underneath. And you know how when you see, like, a sawfish from underneath or a hammerhead shark and you see, like, their mouth is, like, underneath and it looks like a weird, like, person mouth? Hate it. Hate it. Uh, so we get back up to the top. They thank him for a wonderful trip. Sister's like, I think I really do want to be a Marine by a uh, Marine by uh, a thingy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to be just like you, Professor. And I'm like, Sister Bear, you know what a Marine biologist is. You know what a Marine biologist is. Uh, but the Professor's like, thanks, that's the best compliment I've ever had, that poor man. And she says, you're welcome, and I just can't wait to go back down. Under the sea, down, 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 down to the bottom of the sea. Uh, and that's the Berenstain Bears uh, under the sea. The Berenstain Bears going out on the sea. There's no questions or anything. There's just an ad for other Berenstain Bears books, uh, some of which I've covered and some of which I haven't. So that's uh, the Berenstain Bears 
go under the sea. There's no questions for this. That's just, that's the way the story ends. So um, just going to get rid of the book here and say that it's fine. It's good. I mean, if you, if, okay. I've got a kid who loves the Octonauts. Me too. Me too. Do you have a child who loves the Octonauts but ran out of things to do? Buy this book. The Berenstain Bears go down deep under the sea. And your Octonaut loving boy or girl will say thank you, mommy and daddy. That's my song about if you have a kid who likes under the sea stuff, then definitely buy this book. There's no reason not to. It's a good jumping off point it's one of my jumping off point books doesn't give you it gives you enough information to keep your interest about the animals and then and then you can look up other stuff be like huh i wonder if this animal really does look like this timmy or tammy tommy or tommy tummy or Toomey. i wonder if this animal does look like this let's look it up on the google and then you whip out your phone. You say Barracuda. You look at the Barracuda. You watch the video for the song Barracuda. Hammerhead Shark. That's what it looks like, boy or girl or whoever so much. Other fish. Angler fish. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to scare you. That's the Berenstain Bears Under the Sea. It's the Berenstain Bears Under the Sea. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for watching. Did you watch? Probably not. Uh, but if you enjoyed this, you can also watch me do this book on YouTube. You go to It's Phil. Uh, I mean, if you're... Well, I just pointed to the It's Phil logo. But if, if you're watching this, then you're already here. But if you go subscribe, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. It doesn't get you anything. But it'd be nice. It's nice when people subscribe. I'm like, ah, that's pretty nice. Uh, subscribe to the show. Uh, here's something I haven't asked people to do. Leave me a review wherever you review podcasts. Do people still review podcasts? Uh, it doesn't really matter, but I like seeing it. I don't get any kind of like feedback on my shows that often. Uh, except for the people who write into my blog, uh, Um But that's, you know, I know there's more people out there. So if you if I do get feedback from you, I appreciate it. If I don't get feedback from you, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you could also write to me. I don't I don't ever talk about this anymore. But you can actually write to me at BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com. Do you know that? BerenstainBearcast at gmail.com is an actual email address that sends me things. So if you send me an email at that, I can't guarantee you I'll write you back. But I'll definitely know it arrived. And you can pat yourself on the back. And if you ever want to send me a gift, let me know. I'll take gifts. You want to have that like really unhealthy parasocial relationship people develop with like online personalities? I'm fine with that. If you want to like send me something, if you want to like give me things, that's great. I don't mind that at all. I know that if it gets like out of hand, it's pretty freaky and scary, but I don't anticipate that happening here. I don't, have enough, I don't have enough people. If I had like tens of thousands of listeners, sure, I'd be freaked out by it. But if you want to develop an unhealthy parasocial relationship with me and think I'm your friend because I talk like a friend, hey, buy stuff off my Amazon wish list for me. I'll thank you in the comments or whatever. I'll hold it up in one way. Look what somebody sent me. 
I'm not actually begging for gifts, but please send me gifts. Lots of them. You get to a certain age in life, people stop giving you gifts. And I'm tired of it. Where's my gifts? That's the real lesson of the Berenstain Bears. Where's my gifts? Where's my stuff? I don't have enough of it. It is, however, spooky season. So I'm going to show off one of my favorite spooky collectibles. It's not a collectible. It's just a toy. Uh, this is one of my favorites. This is my uh, glow-in-the-dark Playmobil ghost. And what I like about him is you take off the sheet, and it's old man Wiggins or whoever. It's a dead guy under the sheet. But this glows in the dark. Uh, I collected the play, all the Playmobil like creepy monsters and ghosts and stuff. And then they, I, I ran out of ones to collect. There's a bunch for the Scooby-Doo line, but you can't choose which ones you get. And so I got a couple of blind packs. And I just got two. Well, I can't show them to you, but I got two knights. They're just knights. Like, it's guys in shining armor. Like, yes, there was a knight. In that Scooby-Doo episode, maybe the first one, uh, the first episode, I think, was like the, the the night. But it's just a night. Like, it could belong to any medieval playset. Nah, I gave up. I was like, I can't. If I just get a bunch of knights. Also, some of them are like the witch doctor, which is more than a little racist, Playmobil. But then again, this is like, Playmobil is from, like, Europe. They don't understand what racism is. I've got a skeleton there. I've got a little Frankenstein. I'm all set on monsters. Do love spooky season. I think I'm done. I think I'm finished. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting my show. Uh, if you want to see more Phil, you can check me out at uh, It's Still Torah Time. Check out It's Still Torah Time. We're going to be coming back again with another episode. I don't remember. I think it's a Tanith Lee story. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, keep on rocking. Keep on clocking. Keep on bobby socking. And I'll see you all next time deep in. Deep in. Bear Country. Is it playing music? I don't have my headphones on. Is it playing music? I think it's playing music. Is it playing music? I'm just gonna pretend it is.